episode of Dear Hollow Heroes. The Patriots and Giants officially have the worst offense in football. The Ravens falling to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Rough weekend for the pod. In baseball, wild card weekend was not too wild. All sweeps. And with Rob Wright, is this a red October? Anyways, I'm here with Robespierre Rob Kelly. Hey, how you doing? And we have some sad news. Liam Meekum has been fired from Dear Hollow Heroes. It was an executive decision. Uh, it came down to a vote. We actually lost the vote, but uh, he said he was he was the only one who voted for himself anyway, so he just left. Yeah, he quit. Um, he quit on his own merit saying, I am smarter than all of you buffoons. I'm going to start my own podcast. But the problem is he does not know how to use the microphone. So it will not come out for a decent amount of time. We had to teach him how to use Instagram earlier this week just for our social media. Yeah, so it's going to be a while before the end of it. I think he's going to come crawling back next week. Uh, probably, yeah. probably. We'll see We'll see how he does, you know, alone out in the wilderness. Yeah, I don't think it's going to last a week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he might just be gone for this week. Who yeah, knows? He might, be, <laughs> he might be just watching Sweeney Todd. <laughs> yeah, no, he might just not be here today. <laughs> all right, let's get to the first story. The wild card ended in all sweeps. The D-backs over Milwaukee... Phils over Finns, Rangers over Rays, and Twins over Jays. Which of the winners was the most impressive, and which loser was the most embarrassing? Uh, I'd have to say the most embarrassing loss is the Rays. They were a top five team in baseball all season long. And just to be swept by the Rangers, a team that they had consistently be in the regular season, it was just... Now, the Rangers currently look unbeatable, I will say this. But the Rays just had such a good lineup through and through, and I know it kind of fell apart late in the season with you know a lot of controversy and some injuries. But the Rays are still a really good organization, and it was surprising that they didn't even put up a win. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Rangers won the series. You know, I I know I had the Rays winning it, but the Rangers are a good team, but the Rays, I don't know how they just fell through. I'm going to go with the Jays, because you're looking at the best starting rotation in baseball. Some of This season. This season, yes, correct, this season. And also, some of the best hitting prospects that were touted to be the most devastating lineup in the MLB. You're looking at Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette, you have George Springer on that lineup, you have Matt Chapman. You have Alejandro Kirk, Dalton Varsho, all these batters that you're like, they should be good. They should be one of the best lineups, the best pitching rotation this year. A mid-bullpen, but you have two of the best. Two of three should be the best this year, based on how they talk about themselves especially. And you get swept by the Minnesota Twins. The, 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 what's the best way to put it? The, uh, the, the free postseason that they get every year because they are in the worst division. I don't know what the best word for it is, but it's just like a, a here you go. A team that makes it just because they won their division, even though there were probably two or three teams that would have made it over them if it was just by record, record alone. Yeah. Yes. So you got beat bad by them twice. That is embarrassing. That is embarrassing. I think the, t- the Jays have consistently been the most overhyped team for three years now. 
I gotta say, Boba Shed is the only one that kind of gets away with it. I think Boba Shed's good. I think he's a great 300 hitter, does it every year, is an RBI machine, does what he's got to do, he's clutch. But I gotta tell you, everyone else just somewhat seems overrated. I, I think Kevin Gosman also gets my get-out-of-jail-free card for this. See, the only reason I wasn't shocked with Blue Jays is because this is exactly what they did last year. They lost a game where they were up 8 nothing through 7 innings. They, they have zero clutch. It's just that simple. They didn't show it last year. They didn't really show it throughout the season this year. Mm-hmm. They, they held on by just staying healthy. Of the teams in the wild card race, they hung in because their team was just healthy all year. They didn't have many injuries. And yes, that is a major saving grace, especially in the sport of baseball with all 162 games of it. But I'm just not surprised that the Jays just weren't clutch. Vladdy hasn't been a clutch player. Sure, he hits a lot of home runs sometimes. He didn't this year. And he's never really had too much of a clutch moment besides one time last year. One game last year. Didn't they lose the series anyway? And they lost the series anyway, yes. It was, this is my house, right, against the Yankees? And then completely and then, lost the entire series. Yes, that's exactly what yeah, I was Unbelievable. I, I don't think, I just don't see the the Jays being, you know, what they, you know what they remind me of? The Los Angeles Chargers, and going into the NFL, but they're the Los Angeles Chargers of the MLB. All this talent, they should be really good. They should be those guys. Young, ready, healthy. And then it always falls apart. And then they hype them up in the offseason like clockwork. They just do it again. And you're just sitting there like, oh, I think this is the year. This is where they turn it around. And then it just goes right back to where we were. They get swept early. There were also a lot of terrible managerial decisions. Um, they pulled their starting pitcher in game two after three innings. Barriers, no earned right? runs. Yes. Not like he, he gave up a couple of hits, but every pitcher is going to give up a couple of hits. That's Expecting a pitcher to be perfect or even the best version of themselves every postseason game and pulling them as soon as you don't see that is one of the wildest things uh, of – the new baseball thinking of get a reliever in there, don't show them the same pitcher twice. It it it's not baseball. Pit, starting pitchers are meant to go seven innings. It's been a long-standing part of it. You know, it kind of remind me of when Blake Snell got pulled in the World Series after you know throwing six innings of a no hitter. It wasn't a perfect game. He gave up walks, but he. It just. Other moves that they made, bad pinch hitting decisions. It, it was, it just seemed sloppy by Schneider as the manager. Now, the win that was the most impressive to me was the Diamondbacks over Milwaukee, easily, only because they faced um, Corbin Burns, former Cy Young winner, has one of the best one-two combos in his cutter and changeup, and they rocked him. And they didn't, you know, just win this series by a little bit. No, they won both games by upwards of five runs. They kicked butt. And they look scary going out of that series. They're up 2-0 against the Dodgers. They put up six runs on Kershaw before he recorded an out. It, It was crazy. He only recorded an out. Yes. That is 
That is scary. And they didn't stop after game one. No. It's been it's been a nightmare for teams. And that is, I agree with you on impressive. They are scary out of nowhere. Because you knew the Finns were beating the Phils. And the, the, the Phils were beating the Phils. Rangers, Rays, you could have gone either way. I think Twins over Jays was embarrassing. And a good win for the Twins. It wasn't like crazy impressive though because what we just stated about the Jays. Yeah. But the D-backs Milwaukee, that one was the one that could have gone either way. And they crushed them. Like, they, like, it was, if, if the Rangers did this to the Rays, I would give it to the Rangers. But, like, the Rangers are better than the D-backs when you think about it. But but not anymore after this performance. Like, it was incredible. And Corbin Carroll just sending it over the fence. Just every, it's just complimentary baseball and you don't see it that often. And the only other team that I could think can do that with efficiency are the Rays. Like, to play so complimentary to each other. Like, play like yes. as a team. And, and it's really fun to watch. Like, it's just a one unit. And it's and they're dominating. You know, just to kind of move it up a little bit, since we are a bit in the divisional round. Like, they're, they're clobbering the Dodgers. Mookie Betts doesn't even have a hit this postseason yet. Like, their pitching still doing good. The, the Snakes are playing for rings. I don't know what it is. They're... They're, they they got grit, that's for sure. They're trying their hardest. The This would restore the, the I don't know what the right word is, but this would kind of restore that anything can happen in baseball if it ends up being a Texas-Arizona World Series. Because that's two teams that people are like, I don't know, have they had hot starts, I don't know, and then they end up facing off. That would be a really, really good series for baseball. It would be. It would be. I don't think it's going to happen. But No, you don't think the Phillies are going down? Uh, one, I do not think the Phillies are going down. And two, I I don't think Houston is either. I just, I don't want to see a rematch. I don't, I don't want to see a rematch either, but Houston is so good in the playoffs. I it, Honestly, of the AL teams, I want it to be the Twins, personally. That would that one would make me the most happy just because the twins haven't done anything in so long. And if they just made the World Series, that'd be pretty cool. I'd be fine with Twins or Rangers as long as it's not the Astros, but the Astros are the Astros are the Astros. I think it's bad for baseball if the Astros go again. You know how like after a while because this is what my thing is. When the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the the Celtics, the Lakers, when they all were on their dynasties and they were killing it, they were doing so phenomenal. They were really easy teams to market. People hated them, don't get me wrong, but they were teams you could market. Like, I I could say, the Dallas Cowboys, they're America's team. You could look at the Yankees, they're the world's baseball team. Yes. Like, you look at all the, the Lakers are the world's basketball team. I'm going to tell you right now, how do you market the Astros? Nobody but Astro fans like them because of their scandals, because of what they've done. And they are so unpopular in the baseball world, and they keep dominating. You kind of, as Rob Manfred or a TV like money-making guru, you don't want the Astros to be good. So I don't think it's good for baseball for them to win. But I gotta say, they don't care. They, they just do go back and back care. and back and they win and win and win. And I gotta say, I'm putting it out there. They're the best team in the last decade. They have killed it. They win when they gotta. 
They do it. They have the grit. They do all this stuff. And it's Something. just, and even after the cheating scandal, they keep doing it. It doesn't matter. They're so good. And it's, they like being the bad guys. They they like it. I don't know. I think it's I think it's unbelievable how the turnaround too, how the roster is completely different. Besides Jose Altuve, the roster feels completely different. I mean, Bregman and Altuve. You can yeah, say. yeah, no, I know what you mean. Bregman and Altuve, but like, well, you, technically Verlander's back again. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, Verlander does kind of count in that regard, but not as much because he left a couple times. He left once, but but you got like your core. Then fine, you got you got your core three. Yeah. But but now you turn around, you get Valdez. You turn around, you get uh, Javier. You get you Jordan get, uh, Alvarez. Kyle Tucker. Just Jordan Alvarez, who has been doing nothing but mashing all postseason long, every postseason since he's come up, he might end up being one of the best postseason hitters of all time. He is modern day Big Poppy. You know how people were trying to give it to the Cleveland Guardian? What's his name? Uh, uh, Christian. No, I don't know if it's Christian, but they were trying to give it to this. He was like the next Poppy, the Guardian. Uh, I gotta say, I think it's Jordan Alvarez is the next big poppy, where he is just a clutch power hitter that just he is gonna be the memorable guy. Yes, he he's unbelievable. And but staying with it, you know, we think that the Astros are gonna inevitably win the AL, but we're gonna go to the NL. Your Red October is sounding pretty. That take is getting colder and colder because the Phillies are getting hotter and hotter. It it's a it's for real. It's a red October. They're now up two one after a game three dismantling of the best team in baseball, the Atlanta Braves. Yes. It they are so good. Citizens Bank Park is what is one of the best parts about this series because that stadium has been full and it has been electric the entire time. It they're one of the loudest moments of the series was the second out of the first game. They have been loud. They have been very Philadelphia. And it is amazing to watch. Now, when they're on the road, that's kind of when they've kind of been struggling. That's when they dropped one to the Braves who's on the road. But they want it so bad. I know Castellanos wants it. I know for sure Harper wants it. They are fighting. These are the fighting Phils. Harper has been the definition of clutch for this team ever since he signed with them. Pure, pure clutch. You know, he had the base running blunder to end game two on what was a phenomenal double play all around with a great catch by Harris, threw in, missed the cutoff, man, but a great backup play by Riley to get him out at first. You, you teach that to your kids when you teach t-ball or when you teach little league baseball make sure you back up this is why that's the clip you show them on why to back people up that was a phenomenal play by riley but the phillies are just good they they mash they hit and they won't stop and they pitch and they have great bullpen and they just they seem really and you know who i think is going to be the difference maker this season and they everyone was wondering is he good or not i think it's just the same phillies but now you have Trey Regan Turner, who is also clutch, who is a base running maniac. I think he went all I think he went from second to third one game, where he stole second and then he stole third and just was ruining yes. the pitcher's mind. 
that's that's gonna be a problem. And I think that's gonna oh man. And he had a beautiful defensive play to end game one. Oh yeah, the double play? Yeah, it's the double play. That, that was, was that was phenomenal. Oh, that was great. So I can't what do you think that what do you think it is? Do you think it's just the motivation to want to win? It's, or do you think I think it's the motivation. I think it's a city of Philly backing him up wholeheartedly. Because you watched other series, the only other stadium that looks as full and as loud as Philadelphia was Baltimore, and they got swept. No other stadium has been that loud. Truist came close, but there were lulls. There are no lulls in Philadelphia. It doesn't matter if the team's stinking. As long as they know they can get in the head of the Braves or whatever the opposing team it is, they will be loud. And they will be very unforgiving. Have you thought about getting a ticket? Uh, no, because I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I I think it's so amazing how you know how at the end of championships they go, "This is for you, city of whatever team they are." Yes, this might actually be. It feels like, like it. it feels like if Philly wins, all of Philly won the World Series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. The, it, it just feels the only like, other city would be like. For the Minnesota Twins, because the Houston, and you'd be like, you know, this is this one's for you. Well, so were the past four. You know, it's not as impressive. Maybe, maybe the Rangers, but Texas is a lot of rings. I don't, I don't know. But the city of Philadelphia, Citizens Bank Park, it is just perfect postseason baseball. I have to say, it has been a phenomenal joy to watch. Bryce Harper hitting home runs. Kyle Schwarber hitting base hits something he hasn't done all season trey turner keeping on the you know the post rally cry hitting dingers nick castellanos hitting home runs it's just and nola and wheeler going out and dealing it's just phenomenal baseball and you also have uh if you think about trey turner you also know that he was the guy that they cheered on when he was at his lowest point with the Phillies, and they, st- instead of booing, gave him a standing O, and they also, every time that dude gets a hit, Philly feels like it was partially their reasoning as he's doing so well. So I just feel like it's the whole city of Philadelphia is the difference of these teams, and I, I agree with you on that one. If you don't believe it, watch the game without commentary. Oh, my Lanta. It is loud. loud. So... I think we're going to go into a little game here, Rob. All right. We're going to do the first ever installment of Should You Trade or Let Them Stay? In this game, I will mention some players around sports, and I will ask you, should you trade them or let them stay? Now, this is going to be multi-sports, but it's going to probably, I think it's just baseball and football. Because baseball just hits offseason for a lot of other teams. And the football is nearing the trade deadline at the end of the month. And it's hard to tell who's going to be trading in the NBA when the preseason just started yeah, this week. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, and hockey just started, so you have no idea. Exactly. So should you trade or let them stay? Are you ready for the? Fir- I'm going to also be a part of it. I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to be the host and contestant. Well, I'll answer mine first then. Yeah, you answer yours first. I'm going to lead off with baseball. I'm going to go Mike Trout. Should you trade or let them stay? Now in this game, I want you to put yourself in the shoes. Of the general manager of this franchise. Should you trade him or let him stay? Now he has a no trade clause and he says he doesn't want to be traded. But if the team if a team offers the right package, yes. 
Now, you can always rebuild around Mike Trout. You always can, but you will get a haul for him. You you tried with him and Shohei. You're not keeping Shohei. You still need a face on the team, but at this point, it doesn't feel worth it to keep him around. You already tried with him. It hasn't worked. Mike Trout experiment in Anaheim has not worked. I'd say you trade him for whatever you can get. I would... I would trade him. I would get rid of him, get the haul. Let him go win a World Series somewhere else because it's not going to be with you. Go figure out your next phase. The Mike Trout phase has failed. It's time to move on. And it's no fault of Mike Trout. It's No, it's, it's the fault of the Angels. It's the Angels organization through and through. You move on. I think it's time for the Angels to turn the page and go to the next chapter. Now, next up, after recent injury to Justin Jefferson, Kurt Cousins. The one in four Minnesota Vikings. You're the general manager of the Vikings. Would you trade Kurt Cousins or would you let him stay? It's the final year of his contract. I don't know. Let me think on this for a sec. So, you lost Justin Jefferson. How long is he touted to be out for? Four weeks. I think week 10. He's projected a week 10 return. Projected a week 10 return. You made a deep playoff push last year. No, you're not trading them. They didn't it, make a deep playoff push. They got one and zero and one by the Giants to start. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I was. I'm sorry. I was thinking. I was thinking wrong. I'm saying you don't. It's it's hard to find a quarterback who's consistent. Now, is he great under the lights? No, but it's consistent that you know he's not, and he'll he'll be there. He'll he's a good quarterback. And it's hard to come across one of those, even by way of draft or by way of trade or even by free agent signing. Maybe you could, you know, do a rental situation. You trade him away and sign him back in the offseason. But I think you, I think you got to hold on to him so you have a quarterback. I would see how the week goes, how like the rest of it goes. But I would trade him. I do the, exactly what you said. I go, Kirk. We're gonna pay you. Go win. Go get your. Go win somewhere else. We'll pay when you come back because I think it's time for the Vikings to start doing a kind of like go win somewhere else. Have fun. We're going to trade you. We're going to get a bunch of picks. We're going to build this team around you and then come right back. Now, that's a huge risk, but if it doesn't pan out, you have all these picks. You can draft another quarterback. Yeah, the only scary part about that is once you trade a player away, the team that has them has the right to sign them at any given moment. That's the point. That's the risk that you're willing to take, though. You would have to kind of have confidence that Kirk would want to stay, or you want confidence that you're ready to move on. Because I hate to break it to you, but like with his payroll and with this situation, I don't think Minnesota has much of a chance because they're going to pay Justin Jefferson a whole heap of money. And again, same thing, or the Minnesota Vikings do what they do, which is create phenomenal wide receivers, and then they go win somewhere else. That's what Minnesota always does. So do you really want Kirk to be there at the wheel anymore? Do you think it's time to reset the page see if you can keep justin jefferson change that history i don't know i just don't think i also think i should i would put him on trade you say let him stay i, I say it's too hard to find a good quarterback and i keep him yeah you keep him I, i'd go and move on i'd turn the page because you're not winning with him you know let him go win so he deserves to win though so i'd let him win somewhere yeah but their defense is abysmal and their offense the blind is abysmal kirk cousins will die there <laughs> yeah but like you know, it's not stuff you can put on Kirk Cousins. That, that's kind of the point there. It's his line. It's his defense. He's still getting the ball to Jefferson. He's still getting the ball to Addison. They're still doing their best to move the ball down the line. 
I see what you're saying. But up next, we got Glaber Torres, second baseman of the New York Yankees, and the second best hitter on one of the worst offenses in baseball. Would you trade him or let him stay? Let him stay. He's a Yankee. I love Glaber Torres. I know you do. They're, you're not going to get much for him if you trade him, if I'm being honest. He's not a great trade pool type of guy. And the Yankees' issue is inconsistency. And he's been one of your most consistent players of the last three years. Now, are his stats phenomenal? No. But he's an all-star caliber player who has an OPS that will be in the 800s by the end of the year. And he'll give you 20 to 40 home runs. And solid defense at second base. I Now, I can see why the Yankees would want to move on, but of the pieces they need to let go, Claver Torres is not one of them. I agree with you. I, I really don't see a reason to trade him because you do need the consistency, I agree. And DJ LeMahieu was not consistent. Giancarlo Stanton was consistently bad. You don't know what you're getting from Anthony Rizzo. You don't know anybody else, but you know Aaron Judge, you know Garrett Cole, and you know Glaber Torres. Keep what you know and move on from the rest. I don't think he's the one that needs to move on. But what's really upsetting is that he's the one you could move on from. He's the easiest one to move on from right now. Yeah. That's the issue. That's the issue. So I'd say keep him. I'd say keep him and try and trade away the other pieces, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Up next, we have Devontae Adams of the Las Vegas Raiders. Should you trade him or let him stay? Now you're looking at a Raiders team that has not been performing well, albeit they did win Sunday night. They're not making a playoff run. The Chiefs are there. Chargers are there. You have all these teams in the West. You have all these teams in the AFC. But you have a chance to get an absolute haul for Devontae Adams. Would you trade him? Or would you try and see if you could do something with him? Okay, here's my slight issue with Devontae, Devontae Adams. is He's only in the second year of a five-year contract. And, you know, that's going to mess with the team a whole lot when you try and trade them. Because you're going to have to move salary around in weird places. I don't... I feel like because they moved recently, they're trying... I feel like they want to win. They're trying, but the pieces aren't working. They don't know... They don't know where to go. They don't know who to hire for a head coach. They don't know what to do with an offensive coordinator. They... Don't know what to do at quarterback by signing Jimmy G. I think you have one player who is marketable, who is good. He's the one you keep. I don't think you trade him. All right. So I think with him, this one was the one that I was going back and forth on. I think you keep him. I think you can build around him. I think you draft a quarterback, and then you have Jacoby Myers, Josh Jacobs, Monte Adams, I think you keep him because I think he could be the steady, reliable number one for this team, and you have a steady, reliable number two for that team, and you also have uh, a steady, reliable running back. I think this team is built for a new incoming quarterback and a new incoming defender, like kind of like you get you don't need to get the wide receiver when you draft a quarterback. Yeah, and they draft a Q, draft a defender, and let it start rolling. Give Max Crosby a person to mentor and. Let him lead, and I think this team is pretty close. And I do agree with the move from Derek Carr, as sad as it was, because I didn't really want it to happen, but I agreed with it, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the bridge to a new quarterback. So, yeah, I think you keep him. And the final player on my list is going to be 
from the Arizona Cardinals, Buda Baker. He is the best player on the Arizona Cardinals. He is the marketable player. He's the guy. Now the question is, do you move on from your franchise player, defender, and move on from him to see if you can start anew as the Cardinals? And they are playing very pesky, so do you think it's worth to just move on from your best player, get a haul, and completely have nobody to market for this year, but see if you can get one for next year? I feel like with Buddha, he's... Sure, he's your most marketable player, but I, I don't want to say they're trying to rebuild because they have Kyler Murray. He's just hurt this year. But this is also, by the looks of it, the last year of his contract. I, this this is a great time to trade a player, if any. End of his contract. You know you're doing nothing this season besides being pesky. You can try and sign him again in the off season, but I don't. I, I think he's a tradable piece that'll help you win more in the future. Yeah, I say trade him. I think it's really tough because if you're looking at it from a marketing standpoint, he is your marketable guy. But again, safety isn't the best marketing position anyway. So I think it's time to move on. I agree. So that was the first installment of Should They Trade or Let Them Stay? What do you think of that new game? I didn't mind it. I actually had a decent time. Oh, thank you. Uh, it was more fun than I was expecting. Well, oh, okay. So we're going to move on to the UFC. We are, I got to say, this was absolutely incredible that the UFC was able to have such a rough time with the news earlier that uh, Oliveira, Charles Oliveira, and Paulo Costa are both not fighting on the card of UFC 294. So what did they do? They made the card better. They put Alexander Volkanovsky against Islam Makachev. And now Kamara Uzman is facing Kamznat Chemaev. So the battle between Russia versus Brazil card is kind of over. Because it's really still kind of Russia versus Brazil all over the place. But it's less of it. Yes. But now you got the two fights that are going to be really good. You have two. You have three Recent pound-for-pound best fighters in the world fighting this card. It was Usman, then it was Bulk, and now it's Islam. And you also have one of the most superstar rising fighters in Kabnat Chimaev. What do you think of this card? What, what do you think of the changes? Well, I do think it is a blow um, that uh, Costa didn't clear after sub, uh, elbow surgery. And also that... Oliveira cut his eye in a practice fight. It is upsetting. I know there are people who were formerly on this show who may return, who will not be named, who do not like him. But he is still a fun fight to watch. He's one of the best fighters in the UFC. Yes, he is. Don't let him tell you otherwise. Yeah, no, Liam just hates him for some reason. This is something for all the listeners to appreciate because he'll defend this to the nail, so this is the one time we can say it without him defending himself. He just hates people sometimes. And will go out of his way. See, it's fun when everyone agrees, but when nobody agrees, he will fight to death. He'll just he'll just look at an athlete and just say, I don't like his vibe, and then just hate that man for his entire career. And it's not just, oh, I don't like him. No, it is hatred. It is kind of insane. But I I still think we're getting some good fights here. 
Um, Uzman uh, Chimev. I'm sorry, how do you say this? Chimaev. Chimaev. It should be a fun one. Usman clearly the more experienced fighter. You know, he has, what is it, 23 fights to his name in the UFC. Chimaev only has 12. But Chimaev is favored. Ne- minus 360 odds to Usman plus 285. Now, be it, albeit, sorry, he has less than two weeks to prepare for this fight against one. And I think both, I think Bulk has the better shot because he. He's already fought the guy he's fighting under two weeks' notice. But, I don't know. I, in my opinion, I think Jemayev's going to mess up Usman. I think this is going to be a really bad decision by Usman. I think Kamzat's going to really mess him up. I I think the thing I, is, he's still a fighter. He's still a fighter. He's still going to put in a good fight. I wouldn't be surprised if he loses Usman. Just because, you know, he's 36. He's a bit older. Now, Chimaev is 29, so it's not like the age gap between them is astronomical. But I think Usman's experience is going to help him stay in the fight. Just just because, yes, Chimaev has been fighting a while, you know, all because he's 12-0 in the UFC doesn't mean he hasn't been fighting for decades before this. But I, I just think Usman will know how to stay in a fight for longer. I don't, that doesn't necessarily make me think. I, bleh, English is my first language, believe it or not. I still think there's a decent chance for him to lose just because Chimaev is a really, really good fighter. I think that there is always a puncher's chance. I think experience always makes it more difficult than everyone always thinks. And I know all these traits... And know all this stuff that people tell me, but I think Jemayev's gonna mess up Usman. I don't know why. You know where your gut feels it? I, I just feel like this is a really bad decision by Usman. I think he's going to really, really mess him up. I, I, I don't see how Usman gets away with this. I would be really happy if he does. Don't get me wrong. I'm rooting for Usman in this fight. Yes. But I just, I don't see how he gets out of this. I don't see how he even gets to the end of the fight. Like, I don't see how he gets. 15 minutes of this. I don't see how he can do it. But on the other end, I think it's ridiculous, the odds for Makachev, for Volk. It better be just because it's under two weeks' notice. But it's minus 340 for Islam and plus 270 for Volk. He almost won the first time they fought. And some people would argue he did win. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe Islam won. But it, it was arguable. And I think that I just, I think Volk's got that dog in him. I think if there was an upset on this entire card, I kind of give it to Volk. I, he's that guy. And it took him, and mind you, Islam won the fight early. Volk won the fight late, which shows when that happens, I have more confidence in them in the rematch. I have more confidence in the ones that won the later rounds in the rematch. I'm trying to remember. Has there been, have either of them fought since our last rematch? I don't think so. So they're going right Volk, back at it. Volk, Volk fought his number one contender down in. Uh, you're right. You're right. He did. And then he, he messed them up. It wasn't close. I think Makachev. Makachev's just. He seems too purely good at the sport, just like Khabib. You know, Khabib was better just because Khabib was Khabib, and he was probably one of the best of all time in the UFC. But he's learning under Khabib, and. He just, 
he just fights with, I don't want to call it grace, but you know, just pure instinct. He has the instinct of a fighter and of a grappler and of a wrestler where every move he makes feels like it's instinctually right. I think he just, he just has that. I agree. He has whatever Khabib had, which is just, it's just, I think the best way to put it is he's going to smash you. Yes. (laughs) He's just going to smash you. And he is going to literally just beat you down and there's nothing you can do about it. But I think Volk was the first fighter I've seen besides just a guillotine by Dustin Poirier that one of these two fighters seemed beatable. Volk made him look beatable. Yes, Volk did make him look beatable. They both have phenomenal records. They're both great fighters. You know, like you said, there's always a puncher's chance. Volk's going back for the belt, which, you know, is a major driving force for a lot of these fighters to stay up on and on their feet. It's just, Makachev's just really, really good. I don't know what to say. He's he just, standing up, especially on the ground, he will just outclass somebody every time. I agree. I don't, I agree with you, but I think that Volk is just, I, I think Volk, yeah, he just, he has that, I think the best way to put it for him is he has that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. And Islam's got that smash in him and Volk's got that it's so hard to describe <laughs> you sound so goofy I know I know I do he's but got the dog he's got the smash together they're gonna this be smashing dogs is, this is why this fight is so good though it's gonna be a good fight either way I, I think the only the only way it is a bad fight is if it ends in the first round just because depends there's less on how to the watch. first round goes. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand it, but quick fights are always more boring. You want to watch, you want to no. watch a bit of a longer one. Love quick fights, but I don't know who it is or don't care about it. Love them, man, in the first round. Well, yeah, but I don't want to be is... up till one a.m. I'm not a big fan of staying up till one a.m. So until the fights I care about happen, I'm rooting for just chaos within ten seconds. I'm like, get them, get them. when. Uh, remember the fight night last UFC event? I think it was so many KOs. I was so happy about it. The fight card ended before twelve. That's beautiful. It was so beautiful because it just went like that. It was perfect. Um, I will not speak ill will on any people during this podcast besides uh, Liam J. Meekum. Donald. I know, but he he always makes the joke of Liam J. Meekum. He makes that joke all the time. Oh yeah, not on not on the show. The he hasn't bit, made it on the show. Isn't but a bit like Jay is the best middle name ever. He, yes, he thinks Jay is the best middle name, so he always goes Leo J Miko, Robert J Kelly, yada yada yada. No, but I think my middle name is tough though. Benjamin R Petrick is a tough name. I'm not getting into this. Yeah, you me. know it because it's true. You know it because it's true. We can, it. we can do this for hours. What's the What's the next segment, please? Oh, that's actually it. We're going on to our auction upsets of the week. So we got to do some locks and we got to do some upsets. So we have currently our standings after last week for locks. I am five and one, and Liam's five and one. And Rob, after this lock of the Dodgers beating Arizona in the first game, fell uh, fell apart before the end of the second out of the game. At least I had he the Diamondbacks to... making the game. Yeah, I gotta say it was <laughs> impressive that the game even happened, but uh, it went super wrong. It's now he's now four and two. But Rob still leads our upsets at two and four, and me and Liam are at one and five. So 
Me and Liam's locks are crazy good, but our uh, upsets are terrible. So let me know what you got for your locks and your upsets of the week. My lock of the week, uh, just because I need to get back in the win column here, I'm going to pick the Georgia Bulldogs over Vanderbilt this Saturday. <laughs> that is the most, that is by far the most I just want to win. A lock's a lock. I don't know what to tell you. That's insane. Just, just, just picking the best team. Yeah. All right. Well, I can, I'm like, I'm not going to, uh, not going to say that's the worst idea, but. It's really a cheapskate idea. I'll put it out there. I need to get back in the win column. That so that's your idea? Yeah. yeah that works for me. Oh, it was that or you know, pick whoever the number two team was. Fair. Yeah, who's who's second? Uh my lock of the week. I'm gonna go with hmm, I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills defeating the New York Giants in Buffalo. I got the Buffalo Bills being the Giants on Sunday night football. That's what I got for my lock of the week. Is this have the Giants played a game not in primetime this season? They played Oh no, last week. They played at one. Oh, okay. Last week. They so they've had one non primetime game. They played week one on Sunday night football. They played week two at four. Play week two or four. They play week three on Thursday night football. Play week four on Monday night football. Play week five. They, they have a lot of prime time wow, games. They have incredible. a lot of prime time games early. That's incredible. But I got yeah, I got the uh, Buffalo Bills defeating the New York Giants. And for our upsets, what do you got? My upset. We were just talking about them being pesky a little bit ago. I'm picking the Cardinals over the Rams. Cardinals over the Rams. That is a really interesting one. But mine, I'm gonna probably this one's tough as well. But I'm going to take a crazy one, and I'm going to go with the... Mm, hold on. I think I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to have a little fun with this. I got the Twins defeating the Strohs in Game 4 to take it to Game 5. So you have them winning Game 4. Well, they already lost Game 3. It's 2-1. Oh, so they're, you have them winning the game that's happening right now in the 8th inning? No, the, the Twins... Yes, game four is happening right now. Oh, it, it is? is! It is the top of the eighth with two outs. The Astros are up three to two. Oh, really? Yes. Oh my goodness, I did not know this. Wait, are you for real? Yes, I, I'm. I'm very for real. Do you think it can just? No, say, I'm not. No, pick it. Pick do you think I can say they'll come back in two innings? N- no, I'm not taking that. You have to pick a game that has not happened. Oh yet. my goodness, that threw a wrench in my plans. That's so funny. I didn't even know the games. I thought it happened tomorrow. Well, anyway, then I'm just gonna pick a. I'm gonna pick a random one. I'm gonna go with the Chargers beating Dallas Cowboys to really put the Dallas Cowboys out of business. All right, I like that. Just because I don't like the Cowboys. I'd love to thank you all for listening. You can follow us on our socials at Dear Hall of Heroes, and you can email us through dearhalloheroes at gmail.com. Message us and let us know what you think about the topics we discussed or a take of your own. Listen to us on most platforms where you get your podcasts. Thank you, Rob, and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. It was a much quieter episode without William Miller this week. See y'all next week. Yeah, dilly dilly.